Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, it is Laval Rocket Day here at the show. I've got a game recap, prospect updates, and so much more all inside today's episode. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 936 of Locked on Canadians. We are, of course, your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by the folks at FanDuel, the official sportsbook of Locked on, and make every moment more right now because new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. As you can tell, I am flying solo in this episode. I am, of course, Scott Matla. I am your host here at Lockdown Canadians. And if you are new here for whatever reason, we are your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast. We are free and available wherever you get your daily podcast, Google, Apple, Spotify, or if you are watching this on YouTube.com in video format as well. And I am hosting the show today because today is today is a rocket day. It is Wednesday night. It's about 10.30 p.m. on Wednesday, October 18th, and the Laval Rocket just finished playing their third uh, game of the season this year. It was chaotic in all the wrong and best ways in this. I'm going to recap some of the things that happened in this game. There was a hat trick scored. There was a three-goal blown lead. There were fights or not fights and hits to the head, a puck that might have not went out of play, but went out of play, but wasn't called out of play that resulted in a game winning goal. Oh, and a goalie scored a goal in this game, not into an empty net. Well, into an empty net technically, but not in the traditional shooting it from his crease sense of things. He (laughs) let's just let me get into the recap here first in that. The Rocket came out in this game and immediately did not play well. They were outshot 16 to 4 in the first period. And one of their four, and out of those four shots, none of them went into the net in the first period, yet they only trailed three to one. In I, I don't know how to describe just how poor of a start it was, and that they never got into gear. And the Rochester Americans, the Amherst, just punched them in the mouth. And the game started to turn ever so slightly when there was a delayed penalty coming on. I believe it was uh, Lucas Condotta skated by the net, the Amherst net, tripped up Devin Cooley, was getting called for goaltender interference. So the official's hand is in the air. Cooley is, is out of his net there, off the ice. The Amherst have the rocket hemmed in their own zone, and Straussman makes a save. He is the last rocket player to touch a puck. Philip Cedarquist, operating behind the net, goes to fire a centering pass to the point and just fires it past everybody straight down the ice into the net. The rocket, everyone on the bench knew and everyone on the ice knew that man was the last person to touch the puck, making a save. He didn't have control over it, so they couldn't blow the whistle and stop play. He gets credit for his first professional goal in what makes it a 3-1 game. Uh, the Amherst made it 4-1 early in the second period with a shorthanded goal, and then 
Yol Armia with a howitzer shot makes it four or makes it four two. Lucas Condotta gets on the board, makes it four three, and then Mitchell Stevens scores late in third to make it four four. And the thing about Armia's goal is he made up for him being at fault for the goal that made it four one. He was at the point and his stick got slashed or cracked or something because at the blade where the blade and the shaft kind of meet there it snapped in half and he drops it and puts his hands up expecting that there will be a penalty call on the play there is not and the Amherst basically went down the ice on a two on oh and you know that that was that they scored Straussman didn't he did the best he could tonight he was named first star he made 30 saves on 35 shots the rocket put up 44 shots in this game and like I said, it was after that when Armia scored and after uh, Straussman scored in this game here, which is a very weird thing to say, the Rocket turned on the shot generation machine. And their defensive structure got much, much better. They allowed, obviously, 16 shots, then 10 shots, and then 7 shots, 2 in overtime. And they steadily got that together. Yes, the Amherst were trying to defend their lead, but Laval gave them nothing in this game here. And they just turned it on shots. Devin Cooley was phenomenal because this could have been a game that could have been 7-4, 7-5, anything like that. He robbed the Rocket several times throughout the game here. Riley Kidney had two good chances, was robbed. I believe, um, I want to say it was Nathan Legoe, but it might might have been Xavier Simono. Late in the game, shot rebound he Cooley is out of his net they are staring at that gaping net right there they fire a shot and then just boom blocker he's got it out he's got the arm flared up here blocker kicks the puck away there and it was it was one of those frustrating games Laval was lucky to get a point out of this and yet are somehow going to be frustrated they didn't get two because going into overtime they got an early power play uh, with Lucas Rusek going off for uh, interference, and they just they didn't convert on that. And it was frustrating because as it was returning to four-on-four, four, the puck is going out of the zone. Logan Mayu and one of his teammates are back-checking. Mayu goes for a hit along the boards. And he's a physical player, and he's done a lot better at picking his spots. And this is the first time that I've really seen him at the AHL level this year make a decision that was not the right one there. He's been decent. He's gotten a lot better with the puck. He, I'm not saying he is flawless, but he's gotten a lot better at it at this level here and has looked a lot more composed and that he is being trusted in big situations. He started overtime for the Rocket over a Trudeau, over a Struble, over a Bodan, etc. And he went for the hit. It, he misses, He gets the hit. The puck is already gone, though. So he can no longer separate the guy from the puck. Uh, the Amherst clang one shot off the bar, another and it looks like it went out of play. I can't really tell from the replay due to the quality of the video here. The Rocket put their hands up. There's a guy at the point. He's They got their hand up signaling that it hit the netting, that it went out of play. The officials do not blow that play dead. Rochester takes advantage. Eventually, Yuri Cooley walks into the slot, beats Straussman with a hat trick goal there. Fans are likely annoyed at that because all the momentum was on the Rocket's side, and then it turned very quickly on something that might have been missed. It's, I understand the frustration Laval getting a point out of this after being after that first period is nothing short of miraculous. And they should be happy about that. At the same time, it feels like there should have been more. And part of the reason why I think that 
this game is so frustrating is because Rochester took Joshua and Sean Farrell out of everything. They identified them as guys who facilitate plays, especially on the power play, and force the Rocket to beat them with other players, which apparently means Strauss man scoring a goal. But Yoel Armia was good. Mitchell Stevens was very good. Once again, Lucas Condotta had a stronger game. Xavier Simino showed up in a lot of good ways. It was a frustrating game because the opportunities were there for it. And I, 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 it's... It's a hard thing to be mad about. It's three games into the season, and yes, the Rocket are 0-2-1 this year. They haven't won a game yet, and we'll kind of touch on what's been going on there. But I don't think they've played overly poorly. The defensive structure is lacking a little bit, and that's hung goalies out to dry a bit. But offensively, the shot generation and chances are there. It's just a little bit of finesse is needed in the game here, and I think that they can do that. Rochester's back on Friday. They play Belleville on Saturday. You'll likely see Jakob Dobish in one of those games again. He had a very poor start against uh, Abbotsford last week where he allowed three goals on three straight shots, and that was that was it. The defensive structure hasn't exactly helped Rocket players this year, but I think they're bouncing back. They're getting their feet underneath them, and they're now also dealing with some injuries. Emil Heinemann out indefinitely with an upper body injury. Gabriel Bork, their team captain, just named team captain, out, no time, uh, no timetable on that right now. Uh, Jared Davidson, Jan Meshack were healthy scratches tonight. Uh, I liked Philip Mashar in this game. He's close, same with Riley Kidney, to finding that next gear they need at the at the level here. It was a fun game, and I know, Lauren, I say it all the time. If you haven't got a chance to go to Plus Bell to check out a, a Rocket game yet, I highly recommend you do. It is a wild, fun time, and it's incredibly affordable. It's always a party, and you get to see a ton of the top prospects there. And speaking of top prospects, we're going to talk about who has been impressing so far this season. I know that it is three games, but people ask us about it all the time, and I'm going to dive into all of that coming up next. But first, as I mentioned before, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, and you can snap into NFL action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook right now, because brand new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose on that bet. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action with a safe, secure, super easy to use app that every time you want to cash out, you can do so right away when you bet on things like the spread, player props, over-unders, and more. So all you got to do is visit FanDuel.com slash on today and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL and us here at Locked On. And as always, we here remind you to please gamble responsibly anytime you are betting on sports. We are Locked On Canadians, or at least I am tonight. I am your host. I am Scott Matla, and I am flying solo here. Uh, we're talking Laval Rocket, and we're talking AHL prospects today. Laura has the night off, and I am a little bit wired up after that wild Rocket game. The highlights are, you know, the highlights from the Rocket side of things are up on my Twitter account right now, at Scott Matla on Twitter. And I'm sure the Rock will post the highlights on YouTube and wherever else. And people have wanted to know who has been impressing in the AHL. Yes, there's been three games, just three games so far. But at the same time, the people demand their information. And you know what? I get it. 
people want to know what's going on in the AHL because not everybody can watch. Never everybody can afford AHL TV or has access to RDS or anything else like that. The biggest thing that has impressed at the AHL level so far shouldn't be surprising, but it is Yoel Armia. And no, he's not a prospect, but I I don't want to be the kind of person that doesn't give credit where credit is due. Is that Yoel Armia is likely too good for the AHL. His ability to control the puck and shoot the puck as well as he does is almost unfair at that level. He's giving it good efforts. The goal he scored against Rochester on Wednesday night, the night that I'm recording this, he just stepped in, hammered it bar down like it was like he was just goofing around. And it's scary how well he shoots the puck. With Kirby Doc's injury, I don't know if they see him back up. Uh, according to Cap Friendly, they now have the space to activate Christian Dvorak and still keep their LTIR pool intact. So we'll see how that goes with things. But Yoel Armia has been very good. He's up to three goals on the season, so he's goal per game. Mitchell Stevens has played well, uh, and Leah Sanderson has been impressive as well. But those are the veterans. Leah Sanderson's in that weird kind of middle ground where he's a little bit older, but he falls in there a bit. Uh, on, on the offensive side of the puck, Joshua Watt continues to impress me, even in games where he doesn't score goals. Rochester did a good job keeping Joshua Watt, you know, isolated a little bit. They didn't give him the space he needs to operate in. Even when he continued to try to find that space, there are moments that I watched him. He gets the puck in the neutral zone or he's stopping at the blue line and he's looking at the zone where he can either chip the puck in or, and get rid of it and just kind of chase after it. But what he does is he stops and he circles back into the neutral zone and assesses his options. He circled back into center ice there. He's got his two defensemen behind him on the flanks and then he cuts into a new lane into the offensive zone for a cleaner zone entry. He gets to keep control of the puck and operate from there instead of turning it into a 50-50 battle and shooting the puck into the corner and having someone go in and try and battle for that. And to me, that's incredibly impressive. That's smart hockey. He's actively looking for opportunities to make his, his scoring chances and offensive zone time count more. And I think that's a really impressive trait for a guy who is young playing his first professional games. And he's already got a couple of goals under his belt there. He's been very good, if not better than I expected for the Rockets so far. And it's not hard to met to, I get why people are calling for it. Like, Hey, we need to get him into the NHL immediately now. And I get it. I do. And I think that the right move right now is not rushing him. Let him continue to get his feet underneath him there. Let him build his chemistry with his line mates. It, it seems it doesn't matter who he plays with. He just clicks with them. And I think that's really impressive there. And the rocket needs someone of his talent with Heineman out right now, because they don't really have another big shooter in terms of the forward core there. It's a lot of guys who are kind of grind away pieces at it. Guys like Xavier Simono, Lucas Condotta, Gabriel Bork, when he is healthy, uh, Jared Davidson, it's a lot of effort goal guys, which is great. You need to score the dirty goals just as much as you need to score the beautiful ones. So why is there to be that great facilitator? And I think there's some potential to pair him up with Sean Farrell and bring out the best in both players. They're both equally good at distributing the puck, but also being a finisher when called upon, at least outside the professional ranks that we've seen so far. And I'm interested to see what they do with that coming up next. Uh, also impressive on the defensive side of things. I know Logan Mayu had a brain fart at the end of the game against Rochester. And that's okay. Those are learning experiences. 
this is not to denigrate everything else that he's done in the preseason where he has improved uh, some of the facets of his game. There are brain farts. There are absolutely still brain farts. That was always going to be the biggest thing he had to work on was hockey IQ and situational awareness. And he has improved on those. The first game against Abbotsford, yes, they lost 7-4. He and Matthias Norlinder were rock solid. They were the ones who went onto the ice to steady things out. And if you had told me that a year ago, I would have thought you're nuts. But they were out there. They played composed hockey. They made smart passes, smart plays with the puck. Good idea, good timing to jump up into the play, when to stay back, how to read gaps and everything. And they were very good in that role. And I thought they've be- continued to be good in that role. Matthias Norlinder looks like a new player. And Logan Mayu is showing the growth that you were hoping to see when he ter- joined the professional ranks going into this season here. There is still work to be done there in that the coaching staff still has things to work on with him. Yes, he made a mistake at the end of that game, but that doesn't erase the more positive stuff that he did over the other two games there. I have been really impressed with him, and obviously I've been impressed with Matthias Norlinder as well. I have been since the preseason, but the quiet standout for me so far is Jaden Struble. Jaden Struble is Brett Kulak-like in that he just does things They don't always appear on the stat sheet. They don't always appear uh, in counting numbers. It's just little things he does so well. There was a moment tonight he laid a huge hit on Brandon Biro along the wall. Separates him from the puck. The Rocket get the puck and start transitioning the other way. Struble looks up after his hit, scans to see where his opponents are, takes off up the ice, jumps into the play, Cuts through, gets a scoring chance on goal. He started and finished off the play there. And those are exactly the things that you want to see a young defenseman who has a physical side and a high athletic upside do in games like this. And I love seeing that. I don't know if he's going to put up a ton of points, but he's doing all the little things correctly. And I I find that very admirable in there because he's having to pick it up for someone who I expected more of, but hasn't been... Uh, standing out in the way that I had hoped. And we'll get to more on that in the next segment. But he's really impressed me with just his composure. And I know that when they were playing at Northeastern, Jordan Harris was the more calm, collected, you know, smart guy. And we talk about Jordan Harris all the time on this podcast that we love Jordan Harris and the way that he plays the game. is so smart and everything just clicks and he makes it look easy. Struble is showing that he has matured that part of his game. He's not as chaotic with the puck. He may, he isn't doing risky things for the sake of doing risky things. There's thought and reasoning behind that. And he's doing a really good job uh, with, with the puck on his stick there. And it's really hard for me to not like what I've seen. Obviously I talked about Norlin Dur already. Uh, it, it's, and then there's guys that I don't just don't have enough footage on yet. Guys like Davidson, like Meshack, like Mashar have not played enough. Riley Kidney somewhere in the middle. He had a strong game, I thought, against the Amherst. It was unlucky to not score in there, but he kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. But I don't want to focus too much on the negatives there. Uh, for those who have been watching the Rocket games, who's been standing out to you? I've obviously, everyone loves Joshua Watts. Hard not to. 
We'll find out more after this week. They got two more games. Maybe we'll check in on three up, three down next week and see who impressed this weekend. And if someone has finally grabbed the reins and improved, uh, because coming up in our final segment, some prospects aren't quite pulling their weight yet. We're going to talk about who isn't, you know, quite there yet and who is disappointing just a bit three games in. And that's coming up in our final segment. We're back here at Locked On Canadians. I am your host for today's festivities. I am, of course, Scott Matla. And thank you, as always, for joining. We have our mailbag tomorrow. Tweet us at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. You can tag Laura at the active stick, myself at Scott Matla as well, to make sure we see things because the Canadians don't play until Saturday for some godforsaken reason and then play a bajillion games in not a bajillion days in the coming weeks. But that's a personal gripe. It's not all great in Lavelle, though. I know that they are 0-2-1, and the team has struggled defensively. And a big part of that is I was hoping for so much more out of William Trudeau to start this season. He was impressive in the rookie showcase. He was impressive in camp. He was impressive in the preseason that I thought, man, he might make the team out of camp. Maybe Justin Barron and Matthias Norlander are going to the AHL and well, one of them did at this point, and I've watched him play, and he is he struggled mightily. So much so that Jean-Francois Houle has mentioned that he came back from camp and he has had a very tough time. And I don't know if he took the being cut from the NHL personally, and that's affecting his game, or if he's trying to do too much, but I have not seen the William Trudeau that I saw last year. The the young player who had composure and ice in his veins, making smart reads and eating big minutes, he, he's been replaced by Matthias Norlinder and Jaden Struble in that regard. And part of it in the first game was his partner, Gustav Lindstrom, was not good. And I don't feel bad saying that as much because Gustav Lindstrom is a seventh NHL defenseman, tweener type of guy. He was not very good in in that first game that I watched just some of the errors and the reads and the angles were not good. And William Trudeau has to cover for that. And I'm hoping that it's something he can fix soon because Trudeau is a huge part of this rocket defense that if he can get that stability back in his game alongside Jaden Struble and Norlander and Mayu who have played well, Brady keeper played decently as well. And some of the other guys who are going to be there, I think that this defense is going to immediately start helping the rocket out because the biggest thing so far this season is they are porous defensively in some circumstances and the goaltenders bless Strauss man for scoring a goal and trying his best, but they haven't been great because the defense in front of them has struggled to lock things down when they need to Jakob Dobish got lit up in his first start and he, you know, it's hard to kind of rebound from that in your first professional game. And I, he will play this weekend, one of the two games, Friday or Saturday, I imagine. So, and for Strauss, man, he is what he is. He is, I think he's, you know, in his mid to late twenties there, and he's not going to be an all world goalie. Even if Caden Primo and his prime were down here, I don't know if some of the errors, the defense are making in terms of reads and coverage would help. And if Trudeau can get himself back to where he was last year. And I think he is absolutely capable of doing so. This rocket defense takes a huge step forward because they have two unexpected boons 
in how well Mayu and Norlin Durf played and with Jaden Struble playing well right there as well. And they can rotate in other guys. Maybe it's Olivier Gallopo. Maybe they call up a guy like Miguel Tonini from the ECHL. Maybe Gustav Lindstrom figures it out. Who knows? But the defense has the potential to be much steadier than it has been. And that's the part I think that is the most upsetting for that is that they can put up 44 shots, but if you're letting in up 35 and five of them are going in because your coverage is so poor that the front of the net is open and guys are getting there uncontested, you have a problem. On the offensive side of the puck, there's not really any of the prospects that I've been disappointed in. Meshack had a tough weekend uh, against Abbotsford, which some of it's his fault, some of it's not. It's it's part of it. You get a minus if you're on the ice, even if it's not your fault, and that doesn't always look good on the score sheets. And I'm not saying plus minus is analysis, but he's someone else who looks strong in the rookie showcase and in some of those preseason games where he had opportunities to kind of seize a role there. And I'm almost wondering if he would be a candidate to help lead the Rocket or the Lions in the ECHL a little bit there and eat up some more ice time and get his legs underneath him. Uh, Davidson hasn't played enough for me to make a judgment on. And I liked Philip Machar's game against Rochester. And I know that it is early in the season. And I think though, he has the, and I'm going to call it wiliness that he's slippery. He knows how to weave through things and create space that someone, he's someone that I would be starting in overtime because he has that ability to operate in space with his speed and his agility and make defenders miserable. And I think that's a huge opportunity for him. I want to see more of him playing. I thought Riley Kidney played well in his second game of the season here. The Rocket have a lot of bodies they're rotating through. And a lot of the veterans or older prospects, guys like Xavier Simino, <coughs> are playing well. So I, I don't find outside of Trudeau and the goaltending and just the overall defensive structure, I can't put a lot of blame on anybody saying that these prospects are playing badly and they're busts or this. They're three games in. There is so much time to turn things around. There's 75 games left. Yes, they have not won a game yet, but I look at all the baseline they played there. The offensive pieces are there. If they can start games on the proper foot and not let in rapid goals because they have a habit of one goal becomes two goals, becomes three goals, and putting themselves in that hole, the Rocket are going to start winning a lot of games because they generate shots so much or so efficiently. Stay out of the box, settle in the power play a little bit, and you're going to start getting wins there because the baseline is, is being built right now. And I think there's plenty of opportunity for them to do a lot of really good things with that. And I'm hoping to see some, you know, some good outcomes this weekend. They have two games, like I said, Rochester on Friday, Belleville on Saturday. And games against Belleville are always a toss-up. You never know what you're going to get. Games against Rochester tend to be exciting, high-scoring affairs, just the way it is. They can stay out of the box. They can probably beat Rochester on Friday. And who knows what's going to go on in Belleville because it's always a nutso time speaking of which it is going to be the end of my time here with you tonight. Remember mailbag show tomorrow. Tweet us at LO underscore can LO underscore Canadians locked on Canadians at gmail.com. We appreciate all your questions. We're going to tackle as much as we can going into that. And then we're going to get into the weekend capitals game on Saturday. We'll be back with a recap on Monday. So much coming up for you until then. We'll see y'all next time.